the Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Tom, easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm alright, Tom. How are you? You lucky day, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. This is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. It's time now for Armchair Politics. Join host Tom Sumner for this weekly reality check on current events in local, state, and national politics and the real issues that really matter. You, too, can be part of Armchair Politics. Find us on Facebook. We let the dogs off their leash. Stay tuned. Because it's on now. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Armchair Politics, our weekly roundtable on the Tom Sumner program. Joining me for today's edition of Armchair Politics, our panel of political pundits includes our roundtable regulars. On the left, Flint's premier political pundit, Paul Rosicki. Good morning, Paul. Good morning. Good to be here. And on the right, longtime Genesee County Republican Henry Hatter. Good morning, Henry. Good morning, Tom and all. And uh, we should all say uh, good morning to East Village Magazine consulting editor and frequent visitor Jan Worth Nelson. Hi, Jan. Hello. Hello to all of you. Morning, Jan. Well, as you all know, we start out with a few few, uh, quotes. The first one being, uh, finish the quote, where I ask you, how would you finish this quote? And it goes, turn on to politics or what? How would you finish hmm. this quote? Uh, or war. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> or walk down the, the uh, narrow path of darkness. Well, the original quote is, turn on to politics, or politics will turn on you. Oh, oh that's great. Uh, oh, you, know, that was good. you know who said that? 
Ralph Nader. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Huh. <laughs> that is interesting. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Anyway, here's uh, one of the quotes that, that got my attention this week. We send our heartfelt condolences to Officer Evans' family and everyone grieving his loss. We know what a difficult time this has been for the Capitol, everyone who works there, and those who protect it. Mm, either Biden or the, the chief of the Capitol Police. Uh, maybe the President Trump, formally. No, it, it was, in fact, um, President Joe Biden. Um, he's been receiving ongoing briefings from his Homeland Security advisor following an attack on the U.S. Capitol that killed Capitol Police Officer yeah. William Evans and injured another, uh, according to the White House uh, announcement on Friday. During the press briefing, U.S. Capitol Police Acting Chief... Um, Yogananda Pittman said the suspect in the attack who brandished a knife after ramming his vehicle into a police barricade on Constitution Avenue and was subsequently shot by officers had also died. Are the recent attacks on the Capitol a new phenomenon or are we just seeing them played out in real time on our phones and TVs? Well, I think it's an aberration that will uh, disappear as soon as we stabilize our government. Yeah, they, they uh, do seem to get better. Occasional incidents, but they, they do seem yeah. new in terms of quality. Yeah, I mean, certainly there was never anything like January 6th. True. Uh, hope, I certainly hope that was an aberration. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the, uh, the sort of things that happen with people that seem to have mental illness, uh, that does seem to happen from time to time. This poor guy... Uh, sounded like he had a mental illness issue, huh? Yeah, it didn't look, it didn't sound as though he was part of a gang or a group or an order of some kind. Because he, right. he, was, he was there as if he was going to save the world from itself and from its enemy yeah. and from people like him. Yeah, from reports from his family, it sounded like there were some mental health issues there of, of some consequence. Well, it couldn't have been too carefully uh, plotted out, or he wouldn't have brought a gun to an, or a knife to a gunfight. Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. And I don't mean to make light of it, but you know, yeah. clearly this guy didn't have both paddles in the water. But yeah. truth is stranger than fiction. It, yeah. it it is strange that he brought a knife to a gunfight. Yeah. So did the did the guy who died die from uh, from knife wounds? No, from being struck by a car. He was hit car. by the car, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, the guy who yeah. died? The officer who died, I mean? Yeah. Um, there yeah. were two officers struck by the car before oh, before the, the perp got out of the car brandishing a knife, um, you know, hoping to do more damage. And, and he actually struck two officers with his car when he crashed through the barricade, and one of them oh, subsequently died. Yeah, right. You know, what seems to be true for, for these things is that when, when it does get coverage, it does tend to encourage people like that, unfortunately. I mean, you, you do see the the, uh, the imitations popping up of people doing similar things. And the same thing's true for the mass shootings. When there's one, very often you'll see a repeated one a couple of weeks or a month later. Not that they're connected, but just 
the news coverage tends to encourage certain kinds of people to go out and take those kind of actions. Yeah. Boy, the, I, the Capitol Police have had it rough lately, haven't they? Man. They have, yeah. Yeah. They've lost how many people in the last couple of months? I, three, four, five? I, I've forgotten the exact number. I, I was going to just killed. i was just gonna take a wild guess at half a dozen, but... Yeah, yeah. And the, and the part that I think is the most heart-wrenching is the suicide. I was thinking the same thing, Jan. I, w- I was just... I'm I'm glad you underlined that. That's 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 a stress. They have been under some severe stress. Ah. And it's also just strange to see the Capitol fenced off the way it is. I mean, it's a, for an open democracy to see all those fences and barbed wire yeah. and all of that around the Capitol is a very bizarre scene these days. Yeah, yeah and and I I think that the American people are disillusioned now. And they are in uh, flux, and they don't know where they're going. Lots of depression because we've lost our way. Well, and it's disheartening to see, you know, um, National Guard troops in, in, you know, battle gear. Yeah. You know, uh, patrolling the nation's capital. That's, That's a hard thing for Americans to watch. And yet we're hard-pressed to say they shouldn't be there because of these recent events. Right. But we have to examine how much of this we as American people without positions of authority and responsibility, how much of this we contribute to it by adding to the dialogue on one side of the conversation or the other. And our leaders, we're not controlling the leaders. The leaders just go out and say what they want and move momentum in the direction that they appear there to be the outcome of their goals. But the American people have to uh, begin some rational discourse within That would itself. be refreshing. Well, Henry, that <laughs> was that was a perfect lead-in to this uh, next quote that I pulled from the week um, because it has to do with... Uh, uh, conversations and discussion um the quote goes uh, i agree with part of this resolution but i will not resign i pledge to be a part of a a respectful dialogue going forward and challenge my colleagues and others to do the same i will not be canceled republican party leader yep you got it henry michigan gop chair and u of m board regent ron weiser the University of Michigan Board of Regents called on uh, Regent Ron Weiser to resign from his position on the board and passed a resolution, but Weiser said he will not be canceled. The board called the special meeting to address Weiser's comments, which we remember from le- the last week or two, which included calling Governor uh, Gretchen Whitmer, Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel, and Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson, the three witches, and said the GOP needs to make sure quote, they are ready for the burning at the stake, unquote. Do Weiser's remarks warrant cancellation? I have to say I'm 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 pretty offended by it. Um uh, he's a he's a he's a regent for the University of Michigan and he's saying things like that. I, I I'm I'm quite offended by it and uh uh I think it was ill-advised because there yeah, are women Republicans. Are. 
my wife was a woman, and my daughter's a woman, and my granddaughter's a woman, and they are, they have to internalize this stuff. What does this guy mean? Yeah, and, I know. Uh, yeah, yeah, so, and, and all yeah. the Democrat women out there, too, all the women, you know, I mean, they, they, they we need to defend what he said. Yeah, oh. we, he needs to revise that, or cancel it. Or yes. And, and as Jan said, particularly because he's a region of the U of M, I mean, if it's one thing to get fired up at, a, at an overblown political rally and say stuff, but when you're also representing a university, that, that raises it to a different kind of level, I think. I think t- trying to turn it on the people that are criticizing him is really, uh, is really bogus. I, you know, yeah. so he's, he's going to turn on the people that are criticizing him and saying that somehow it's their fault that this is happening to him when it was his words that uh, really indicted him. I, uh, it, it's just it's so tiresome. This kind of misogyny that comes out with the words that people use is just so tiresome. I'm, you know, I'm tired of strong women being, yeah. being insulted like that. Uh, so I would... Personally, I'd like to see the guy go. University of Michigan. It, it's a. It. I'm ashamed that he's on the board of regents, acting like that. Well, he's That's also he's also stands. chair of the of the uh, state GOP, and and as Paul mentioned, you know, of course, you would expect some incendiary rhetoric from the the chair of the party at a a big rally in fact when he made those comments it was to a cheering crowd which is maybe even a little bit more troubling jan but my you know i i can't help wondering if being chair of the gop um should should uh disqualify him from sitting on elected positions um like the u of m regents Point. Yeah, but what, polit- what politicians do is most of the stuff is just BS, uh, not close to the truth. It's uh, it's it's widespread and it's uh, it's illegal illegal logic and irresponsible statements and stuff like that. And so that's how politicians function. They don't function with credibility. Isn't there one more sidebar to the story too? Isn't he an enormously large donor to the U of M? Yes, I've seen. Yes, he has. And also to the party. I hadn't seen that, Paul. I'm glad you mentioned that. I I, I think there's some buildings named after him, and it. uh, I'm tempted to say twenty million dollars, but I'm not sure my numbers are right. I know it was a very large amount that I saw. But he's a very uh, stable man financially, and uh, he's good for the party because he can pull the people together without money or without some clout like if we had the union on our side or if we had a black pack on our side that would be different because you they can control the moods of the organization but when you everybody is individuals and move in their own directions you can't have a party you've got to have something that holds them together and money does hold people together and you know what's cool about this it I've, feels I've, like it's another evidence of some deterioration of the of the GOP in their. Jan, I have to interrupt because we have to go to break, but we'll pick it up with you right when, when we come back. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll be right back with more armchair politics. Everybody's doing a brand new dance now. Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can. Keep wearing masks correctly and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19 and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call The X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. I know of a place where you never get harmed, a magical place with magical charms, indoors, indoors, indoors. 
Hi, this is Deb Cherry, Genesee County Treasurer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Radio Show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is uh, Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program with uh, Jan Worth Nelson joining our roundtable regulars, Paul Rosicki and Henry Hatter. Welcome back, everybody. And uh, usually I'm apologizing to Henry for cutting him off at the, at the <laughs> break, but, uh, but I apologize to Jan this time. for uh, She just got started. We were talking about uh, Michigan uh, GOP uh, chair... Um, Ron Weiser, who also sits on the U of M Board of Regents, who have called on him to resign from that position because of remarks he made about um, uh, Governor Whitmer and Attorney General Nessel and Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson, referring to them as witches and uh, saying that they should be made ready for the burning at the stake. (laughs) Anyway, Jan, do you want to pick it up where where you left off? During the break, I looked up the, uh, a story about this, and the, the, one that, the one that I came up with was on Business Insider, and his quote that he said was, afterwards, was, in an increasingly vitriolic political environment, do better to treat each other with respect, myself included. I fell short of that the other night. While I always fight for the people and policies I believe in, I pledge to be part of a respectful political dialogue going forward. Very lovely words, uh, but, man, I'm telling you, it seems to me that the GOP uh, in Michigan and nationwide uh, needs to uh, work on how it reflects its values verbally and, and with other actions. I, I feel like, um, you know, the Democratic Party is certainly, they're not saints either, but in, Mich- in Michigan I'm particularly offended that there wasn't a stronger reaction by the GOP to this whole kidnapping plot against Whitmer. I felt like... Um, there just wasn't an, there just wasn't enough uh, outrage by some of that stuff that was going on, and this just adds to it for me. That uh, so that's all I have to say. You yeah, know, and, and, uh, my, my say position. The, Go ahead, Henry. I pulled up some things on Ron Weiser. I, I, it's uh, what I've got here indicates he gave a hundred million dollars to the University of Michigan, which kind of paved his way to the board. But apparently, the one issue of controversy, I guess apparently he's an owner of a major Ann Arbor real estate company that caused a conflict when he was first elected to the board because I, I presume the U of M may have some real estate dealings with him along the way. So there have been some issues with him even beyond this when he first got, uh, got elected. But he has been a major fundraiser for the Republican Party for a long time. Um, and had been, among other things... Uh, under George Bush, ambassador to Slovakia for a few years, which I didn't well, know. You know, I mean, it's it's certainly possible that a Republican can bring a lot of wonderful things to a university. I mean, you know, it. it so I mean, because uh, well, they can write big checks to get on the board. I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't well, justify him, but you know, as you guys yeah. know. I worked for U of M for 23 years. It's a big part of my life. I got a graduate degree there. Uh, I would be very, very, very unhappy if the reason that this guy can get away with misogyny is that he's given money to the university. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, I, it, 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 just, it just seems so cliched and squalid it, it, to think about it, to have to think about it in that way. Uh, you know. Yeah, go I ahead, Henry. Not you got disdaining cut money because money is the reality, and yeah. that's what makes the world move. And 
we should not condemn a person because of his money. But uh, you know, it's, that's, I'm glad you, you mentioned that, Henry, because of course we were talking a little bit about money and and um, the economy and so on with uh, Chris Douglas earlier on the show. But um, <clears throat> a lot of people <laughs> like to condemn money, and, but I don't know anybody that t- that'll turn it down. Uh, true. <laughs> yeah, that's true, and and you know, and I say this because. Jan Ruth Nelson is one of the people who I believe easiest from Democrats or from the general public. I think she's sincere about what she what she believes. But you know, I I don't I don't think that all Republicans are bad. I don't think that what Ron Weiser, uh, what he what he did uh, and what he said, that was off the cuff and beyond the boundaries of. Decency. It was but, it was um, meant to be, you know, fired up, yeah. combative yeah, it rhetoric. Was meant to, do, and, to do that. And yeah, political rallies ex- can get that way sometimes. When people get and, get the uh, the wind in their sails. And, and you know, and you know, and and most of this arose because of the relationship of the governor with the legislature. That's the that's what's driving it. There's an undercurrent that you don't see that the public doesn't see. What is that relationship? And the Republican Party, it can say things that individual leaders can't say. So you know, Ron Weiser... Go, yeah, go finish, go Henry. Ahead, uh, go ahead. Well, so in this case, Ron Weiser was doing it for them. And you have to have courage to do what Ron did. And Ron is not a... He's not a bad man at all. I happen to know Ron. But, you know... And I, I guess yeah, I understand the politics of why people do things. And I understand why Joe Biden does some things. There, and, and I don't condemn him for it, but I can, you know, he has to be cautious. He has to include Republicans in their dialogue. But here's, like Democrats he, and, here's the thing yeah, that I, I find the most troubling, Henry, is with someone like Ron Weiser. It's, it's one thing, and, and we do sort of accept um, that kind of... Uh, um, ramped up rhetoric at political rallies which is the context in which those comments were made um but the problem is as evidenced by the quote that jan shared ron weiser is capable of some very lofty rhetoric and the fact that we have people that are smart enough to use better means of communication allow themselves to to you know, get in the gutter with these kinds of comments. You know, they they can do it better. And Ron Weiser is certainly no, an example. I of will that. accept no pride for what Ron said. Right, I, I, I support him. You know, I'm looking here at his past history, and Actually, he's not he was, the only well, one who's who's been caught like fun, this. You yeah, know, where he was also a fundraiser for George Bush and John McCain in the past. So, he, in terms of the Republican Party, he's been all over the ballpark. Now being with Trump. But he was a John McCain supporter, apparently, in 2008. And, and see, the thing, you know, about something like this, Ron Weiser is not the first guy to say something inappropriate at a political rally, <laughs> by no means. No, I know. But, but, but particularly about, a, about powerful women. I mean, it, I, mean I, I, I take your point. I certainly take your point, Tom, but it's just... Uh, 
But the broader point, Jan, and it's it's one we've we've talked about before, is that this is a man who's capable of much loftier rhetoric, and for some reason we've made it popular. Not possible. Yeah. 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 We, uh, you know the people yeah. who can um, talk eloquently don't because they feel they won't be that their message will be missed. You know, and, you know, I, I, I'd like to I think that. Say, in, 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 this, in this current atmosphere, I think the fact is that uh, if it hadn't been for the kidnap plot and January 6th and other similar incidents, we might have dismissed that as nothing but hot air. But after, after all the things that have happened in the last few months, those kind of comments really take on a different, different atmosphere, I think. Yeah, right. and, and I not, think by Ron saying that, he was selling, telling women that they were equal to him. He didn't treat them like underlings. He stood up in their face and he said that. And women who were looking at him in the eyes as an equal. So, you know, if they, take it as a compliment. That's the best example but, that I can say that represents an equal. But the, the and, and I understand what you're, what you're getting at, Henry, that, you know, trying to find a, a silver lining in this cloud over Ron Weiser. Um, but... The the problem is, and, and my point is, Ron Weiser should have been smart enough and eloquent enough to figure this out and, and to yeah. act accordingly, is that in, you know, in a time of real threats, fake th- threats fall on ears differently. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was going to say, especially after the kidnap plot, those, those words sound very different again. In uh, a different yeah. time, different place, they would have been just uh, political hot air. But and I, I, oh, his, current I still can't remember the woman who was running for Congress uh, out east <laughs> that had the commercial <laughs> you know, that, that opened up with, I'm not a witch. <laughs> there's a great bumper yeah. sticker. For, as a matter of fact, Tom, I had a great idea for your show. Didn't you have it on, on Halloween or maybe a Friday the 13th? Didn't you bring somebody who's a Wiccan yes. on the program that, Frequently, you ought to bring her back and, and defend witches or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Henry, tell me if I'm right. I'm, I'm interpreting your last comment that these women should take it as a compliment that he wasn't treating them with delicacy. He he's like, as okay, you, no, I can treat you like I treat the guys. I can. You're in the fight. I'm in the fight. Uh, I'm not yeah. going to protect you from my true feelings because you can handle or you can fight back. Is that kind of what you're getting at? Uh, I, that's what I'm hoping for, is that women do feel like they're they're equal and not always play the underlying role, but stand up. They would, yeah, I think those, those three women would hardly say that they would play the victim role or the underling role. Uh, they would well, that's what was displayed here. A bit uh, of a... That's a slippery slope. That's an interesting thing in in sort of some feminist dynamics about um, you know how that women can hold, stand up for themselves. That's certainly a yes. good good point. But I think as a justification for this rhetor- this 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 tiresome rhetorical lapse, uh, it doesn't work too well for me to 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 use that argument. I, I know it, I would never treat my wife or my mother or sisters or daughters or anything like that. I would never do that to them. And right. and I don't see other women wanting that be done to them. Right. So, uh, well, there have been people who said things like, uh, you know, uh, oh, he's a scoundrel, we should string him up. 
Well, right, right. That, I know that kind of a comment takes on a whole different meaning if someone had said that January sixth at the Capitol, well, because yeah, they I had mean, they had built a gallows. Yeah, yeah, right. I know. The yeah. French Revolution, Robespierre. Yeah. 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 I, and you know, you mentioned uh, that he was a that he was a supporter of John McCain, uh, Paul. Who, yeah. Which of us will ever forget the gracious sense with which That's McCain right. answered that yeah. woman who said something about Muslims, you know, and uh, or about uh, Obama and and McCain? Oh, Green, uh, Green is who you're talking about. I'm talking about no, no. This this is during the 2008 campaign. There was a woman who attacked who attacked Obama, saying, "Oh, he's an Arab, he's a Muslim." And McCain says, "Oh, no, oh, no, he's not. He's a friend. He's, that's a, he's right. A that's mine, right. I remember that. But I respect that. him and so forth. But very, oh, he, very uh, gracious kind of response on McCain's part. Yeah, and and that's what we need more of, actually. Yeah, yeah. No, that was that was John McCain's probably uh, high point of that campaign, and he was really able to do that. And, and unfortunately, it's almost impossible to imagine. For me, the high point of that campaign. That way. For me, the yeah. the high point. Um, of that campaign was um, his uh, concession speech. That is true yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Boy, those days, these, those days are over, aren't they? Well, they yeah. were pretty. W- they were pretty well gone when he started running for that seat. That that mm-hmm. in that election cycle, but <laughs> we seem to have slipped a lot farther down the slope. I mean, am I just being am I just being um you know like a, a tiresome middle class person to say I think it would be nice to have graciousness back? Just could we just be nice to each other? Let's be gracious to each other. I I've mean, been I, I've been waiting for someone to say that for a long time. Yeah. I've been saying it myself, and I said, well, you know, this is an echo in the wind, and nobody's listening. It's the light at the end of the tunnel. And nobody oh. cares. Uh, but I'm glad to hear you say that, Jan. That's there's I mean, a I mean, reason why I. You're an example. I respect it. Well, I think the speech used to be that you know somebody was would say, "Well, we've lost, and I wish my opponent the best, and let's all pull together." That was the standard way you, when you lost an election, you responded. Now, (laughs) well, yeah, you don't say, you know, I've been robbed. I've had the election stolen from me. Right. You you know, you say this didn't turn out the way I'd planned. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, there have been so many. you know, gracious concessions over the years. That, that, but uh, in I, very tough situations, very yeah, tough. And I think John McCain's was probably one of the most eloquent ever. Yeah. And he certainly showed what he was made of when he took that woman to task for, uh, you know, attacking uh, President o- Obama or well, yeah, oh, candidate that was Obama. Yeah, a great partisan event. So it, it took some some courage on McCain's part to do that. And yeah. he did it on the spur of the moment. It wasn't he did. That's the head. And sometimes it's at the spur of the moment where you see a person's true character when you right. know they're undefended, and it's what comes out. I I don't understand uh, how the why the Republican Party has turned on John McCain. Even you know, like I I, I don't understand how it has come about that. The John I have McC- not turned on John McCain. Oh, I know. <laughs> I didn't think you would have. It, it seems like he's now sort of, you know, uh, he's not, well, I mean, didn't they, when Cindy McCain objected to some things that Trump said and everything, 
suddenly she she was she was attacked. Yes, I, I just, yes. I, I just, now, guys, now you got to remember that she was attacked by some individuals, and it was not necessarily a trend because the Republican Party is so stable. It's as stable as the Democrats. It changes very, very osmotically. But and, the, uh, so, uh, but that's because, the thing that's uh, so frustrating, Henry, when you have leaders like Ron Weiser, you know, people that are in leadership positions, yeah. and they, you know, get involved in the kind of rhetoric that he's being taken to task for. Um, that encourages those individuals. Yeah, and, and I know what you're what you're saying. You know, people get revved up and they they say outrageous things, especially under rally conditions. But, um, but it it if, makes if the it worse. So stable. Why is it that all the moderates are being you know run out of town practically? All the Republicans. That's by moderates. the leadership, but that's by leadership. That's not by the party. The party is stable. That's why this country holds together. It's, it doesn't hold together because of Democrats or Republicans, but it holds together because of the stability in the people. We can't, we can't see them, and we can't yeah. measure it, and we don't always know what they're thinking about. But yet we, we remain as stable as the rest of As Jan said, the reason, a lot of the moderates are leaving the party. A very large number have chosen not to run either last election or this upcoming election, and nearly all of them are moderates and being oh. elbowed aside by the, by the Trump factions. Right. Yeah, but I remember that. It that. seems to me like there's stuttering of instability, actually. That, um, I mean, I, I hope you're right, Henry. I, I mean, that, um, again, I'm, I'm, I would hope that the moderate faction who think more clearly and think logically and rationally about things would have a stable, would be a stable foundation for the party going forward. But that's not how it looks to an outsider, I can tell you that. I was talking that's about, not how it looks to most of the rest of us. I was having a private conversation with a, uh, uh, a political operative that, that worked for a, a congressman at one time some years ago over lunch. And I was talking about this notion of, you know, whether or not people can, can get back to the middle you know we were talking about the divide and the extremes of the parties and and the way they were duking it out and he said the problem isn't getting people back to the center they're already there it's the politicians yeah that, yeah that i agree and, and that, the problem that, and is they they take a stand um mm -hmm. you know especially when they're trying to uh, appeal to um the the extreme uh, parts of of their party or their organization, and, and in support of Henry's uh, saying that he's that he in support of Henry's argument or comments, um, the polls are interesting in that regard. Like a, a lot of the polls are saying that the the that Republicans, uh, the the grassroots Republicans, are coming from a different place now than some of the Republican leadership, and I. You know, like even how they regard they regard they uh, how they regard the infrastructure proposals, for instance, that uh, mm -hmm. many more yeah. Republicans are <clears throat> Republicans are in, than than you would think, judging by the way Mitch McConnell talks, for instance. So <laughs> Until maybe you're right, Henry. That and I don't know if that's what you mean exactly, but it does seem to me like the the rad, the more radical Republicans 
are not in line with where the national we were more you know the the <laughs> grassroots I, I, that would I think Henry's trying to say something my dad would say if he were around today, and that's Republicans are people too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that's, that, that's why stability is maintained in nations by people who don't move to realms. That's why England is still England. That's why the United States is still a democratic republic. A republic. Uh-huh. And uh, there are a lot of people who would like to argue that. Well, they say that they don't call us democratic. They call us Democrats. But that's what you are. You're a Democrat. Well, You're not democratic because of being, uh, being called a democracy. But you're a Democrat by party. And, and uh, there was a lot of dialogue, and I'm sure that you saw that over arguments of whether they should be called Democratics or Democrats. To what, to what degree is all that division based upon uh, the last 20, 30 years of rant radio, where you got more attention, the more you could yell and scream, and the more extreme your position was, you, you got you got more and more coverage. And I think right. that's has divided us as well. That I got to say, I call that rant radio plus maybe social media on top of that, which also that radio. That. I have never heard that phrase before. That's oh funny. no, that, that Tom used that all the time as a as a counterpoint to what to his program. <laughs> Yeah, but, I, I but, wanted but I wanted a talk radio program that wasn't rant radio. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Did but you say rant radio? radio? I thought you said rat radio. No, oh. rant. Rant. But rant, rant radio yeah, rant doesn't radio. change the mood of the country. It changes yeah. only a few people. Uh, so, yeah. but by and large, we remain stable as a as a nation from a um, a demographic uh, perspective, but uh, we change in our policies and our, the way we look at things due to the fact that our leaders are leading the way, but the American people haven't said that that's not what we want. We want this. We want people to be more social and civil and respectful. And, and I think that Ronald Reagan, if he were still around, uh, agree or disagree with his policies, but when he referred to the silent majority. I think he would yeah. say that yeah, the, the majority, majority is still largely silent. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 And and I That's think some of that polling that. that you're seeing, Jan, about uh, Republicans, uh, you know, the grassroots, the 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 cloth coat, everyday Republicans, would, um, you know, are are supportive of the uh, infrastructure efforts by uh, Joe Biden. Yeah, um, I, I I think those numbers would change a little bit when they find out that there isn't that much infrastructure in the infrastructure bill. <laughs> it's uh, it, it's considerably less than half that would actually yeah. go to infrastructure. But we'll we'll get into that. I hadn't planned on spending quite this much time, but that this idea of of civilized conversation and um incendiary rhetoric is always worthy of spending some time talking about so we're going to take a short break we're going to come back and talk about a couple of local things and uh and then we'll move on through the agenda um my guests are uh roundtable regulars paul rosicki and henry hatter joined by jan worth nelson for this week's edition of armchair politics we'll be right back
Hello there, citizens. Darkwing Duck here. And every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck out. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination? A COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Hell, Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the bricks. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write to us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us at 810-339-8255, or contact us on Facebook. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner Program where to go. feelings of inadequacy? Do you suffer from shyness? Do you sometimes wish you were more assertive? If you answered yes to any of these questions, ask your doctor or pharmacist about tequila. Tequila, tequila is the safe, natural way to feel better and more confident about yourself and your actions. Tequila can help ease you out of your shyness and let you tell the world that you're ready and willing to do just about anything. You'll notice the benefits of tequila almost immediately. And with a regimen of regular doses, you can overcome any obstacles that prevent you from living the life you want to live. Shyness and awkwardness will be a thing of the past, and you'll discover many talents you never knew you had. Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila may not be right for everyone. Women who are pregnant or nursing should not use tequila. However, women who wouldn't mind nursing or becoming pregnant are encouraged to try it. Side effects may include dizziness, nausea, vomiting, incarceration, erotic lustfulness, loss of motor control, loss of clothing, loss of money, loss of virginity, delusions of grandeur, table dancing, headache, dehydration, dry mouth, and a desire to sing karaoke and play all-night rounds of strip poker, truth or dare, and naked twister. Warning, the consumption of alcohol may make you think you're whispering when you're not. It's a major factor in dancing like a retard. may cause you to tell your friends over and over again that you're in love with them. Also may cause you to think you can sing. Alcohol may lead you to believe that ex-lovers are really dying for you to telephone them at four in the morning. Alcohol may make you think you can logically converse with members of the opposite sex without spitting. It may create the illusion that you are tougher, smarter, faster, and better looking than most people. And it may lead you to think people are laughing with you. Alcohol may cause pregnancy and it also may be a major factor in getting your ass kicked so what are you waiting for stop hiding and start living with tequila
from the Tom Sumner Show. Oh, yeah. This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is the uh, Tom Sumner Program, Armchair Politics uh, feature this uh, this hour and next with our roundtable regulars Paul Rosicki and Henry Hatter joined by Jan Worth Nelson. Um, welcome back everybody. Front Community Schools is pausing face-to-face learning and athletics for an indefinite, indefinite period of time starting Monday the district has announced. The announcement issued yesterday by the district and Flint Board of Education Secretary Danielle Green notes a date for returning face-to-face learning has not been determined. Uh, At Flint Community Schools, the safety and well-being of our scholars and staff is a primary concern, according to Assistant Superintendent Kevin Jones, as he pointed out in a news release. Flint Community Schools will pause in-person learning and all athletic programs starting Monday until further notice. Would it have been better to wait until next fall when vaccinations will have helped to reach the goal of herd immunity? Yeah, I think so, because that plan I made before is just back and forth where you're two weeks on, two weeks off for so many schools. It's just got to be confusing for the students, for the teachers, for the staff. I mean, uh, online learning, if it's done right, isn't bad. It's got its flaws, but but to to, to jerk back and forth from one thing to another has got to be most confusing for anybody in the process. So, yeah, I've often thought, even if you overdo it a little bit, if we'd waited until the fall, it might have made a lot more sense. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, I feel so sorry for these families with kids that are trying to navigate all of this. It's just really been horrendous for a lot of them, I think. And um, so, yeah, you're, I, you know, it almost feels like could we just start over next fall? Could we just do this whole year over again for the season? <laughs> yeah, right. And, you know, you know, and, and uh, for guys, I have a different uh, perspective on that, and that question may not be able to be answered. You have to either do it or don't do it, one or the other. And one way is as good as the other due to the fact that, one, that educators throughout the country are trying to figure out whether this class of students will be equal to every other class that have come through K-12 education. Right, right. Because there are certain expectations that you have to meet when you leave high school. You've got to be able to compete with other kids, not only from state to state, but from the world perspective. Our kids have to be as good or better than other kids. In Singapore, Japan, India, Scandinavia, you know, all of those. So we're trying to figure out what would be the fate of these kids if they're not exposed to 180 days of education. So uh, uh, that is a question that needs to be answered. Even though the risk may be more or less, we don't know. Uh, we have to we have to continue to keep our kids focused, keep them excited to learn, and uh, prepared to learn, and to prepare to function as educated, good citizens of this country. If you can say that, and I really believe that we can do that, we have to have an educated public to do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm you know, I, I thought. I, 
Go I, ahead. I taught online classes too, and if, if it's done right, it's not a terrible way of teaching. It's again, it's got some flaws, it's got some advantages, but as I say, this idea, and I, I feel sorry for the schools who've got to, as they keep jerking back and forth. I would hate to have to teach a class where two weeks I'm doing it online, then two weeks I'm back in the classroom, and another week later I'm back online and back and forth. It would be a terrible mess for for an instructor. And even worse for the students, I would think. So I think the confusion may be the worst part of it. But I think either now, that's there, there's another component. Of... There's another what? component of this. In order for schools to legally receive 100% of the grant from the state, they must have 70% of the kids in class. Yeah, yeah. Now, that's, that's they've true. been struggling with that. Mm. So... Uh, and they're between a rock and hard pan. Everybody yeah, that's between a, that's a rock and a hard pan here. And there's nobody that's, that's willing to sit down and say, let us. That's the problem. Let us decide what well, action a, to take and let's move in that direction. On a related note, Genesee County District uh, uh, Court will remain closed to the public through at least Friday, May 7th. The, the extension took effect Thursday, April 1st, according to a district court news release. The closure will continue in order to keep staff and the public safe, Chief Judge Christopher Odette said. This took into an account, or into account rather, an increase in COVID-19 variant cases shown in data from the Genesee County Health Department. Is the district court showing proper restraint against the ever-increasing calls to return to normal? I think hmm. they're. I think they're doing the right thing. I, I yeah, think as I say, particularly with with the the, with the the parent spikes going on in Michigan right now. Uh, it does seem like the right thing. Yeah. I, I heard there were 30 new cases yesterday. I read this somewhere, I guess, uh, of, <clears throat> uh, of one of the variants in Genesee County, I think it was. I think I saw I, I saw a post from a, a, a friend of mine, an instructor at Mott, who said one-third of his class, this is an online class he was teaching, one-third of his students had turned up positive for the coronavirus in the last month or so. Wow. And that's one class. That's, uh, Boy. Hmm. Well, here's, here's another one. This is on a totally different uh, subject. At midnight April 1st, Gaines Township's fiscal year ended, marking the day the township's police department's three remaining officers were laid off, according to Gaines Township Supervisor Paul Fortino. The officers turned in their equipment later that day, only police chief Mark Schmitzer remains at the department, Fortino said, but if funding isn't approved by voters this May election, the supervisor said the police department will close completely. Are you suspicious of the timing of this uh, fiscal breakdown? On April, of them. <laughs> yeah. On April 1st? Well, that's, oh, well, you know, yeah. that's, that's one way of looking at it, but I was thinking more in terms of with a you know with a police millage on the ballot right. coming up in a couple of weeks and then they they shut down the department it's a, it's a big emergency who's going to patrol yeah. the streets and so on um you know i i i don't want to be cynical but i am skeptical well i don't i but, think that's but, a common tactic i i can recall and i'm and i'm not sure Henry can add to any of this, but I can recall school districts when they were facing a, a tough millage election 
all of a sudden would shut down the school buses. And all of a sudden yes. the parents have got to drive all the kids to school and two weeks before the, the, the election. So it, that's a way to raise up because schools can operate a deficit. They cannot. they got to do something. Exactly. That's what happened to Guys, now, if you compare and contrast this, this is what Flint schools were was not able to do. And therefore, they collapsed. But school districts that followed the state law and removed those deficits survived. So, uh, and you, you can't rationalize that. In this case, the taxpayers in uh, Gaines Township, I think whatever township it is, uh, they will pay the piper now or later because should uh, the police chief uh, do resign or get fired or whatever or loses his job, somebody else will fill that gap, and that's the sheriff department or the state police. They will have people there, believe me. Yeah, I think that's that happened many times before. The state police right now, yeah. Yeah, that happened in Thetford Township here, and that yeah, happened at right. the school district. So... There's a, there's a pathway out there for the solution to that problem. But I, I do think the timing is significant. And I, and yes, I think the, that I think might be. That's, that's a factor, yeah. But they may not, the people who expect these outcomes may not get what they want. And the taxpayers will also have to decide and... Uh, once, the, once the taxpayers decide uh, if, uh, to put the people back to work. Uh, and, you know, I, you know, Henry, I think sometimes the voters may be smarter than we think. I mean, they they may well be aware that these these can look like stunts, and they, they, there may be a backlash against the stunt when it's apparent yeah. that it's done for that reason. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, well, I, like I hope I haven't murder. spoiled their Thanks. campaign. <laughs> 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 But there's suspicion out there, guys. Anytime you see this kind of a thing surface, you got to look underneath the... Yeah, I, I, I can tell one story here. There was one time we had a village at Mott, and the folks who were in charge of it told you, what we're going to do is we're going to have an election at a very unusual time, I think like the middle of October, on the assumption that you're going to have a very small turnout, and the turnout's going to be all in favor of it, and we're going to pass the village. Well, they did it. And what happened was they lost the vote because people got angry because it looked like an obvious stunt to hold a special election. I think it was about two or three weeks before the November election. Well, and they uh, probably and, misread and it, the support they, they thought they had. Yeah, I think so. I think so, yeah. Well, that's that's what makes me wonder if, if uh, in some ways closing the department when they did if that was, you know, a reaction to the end of the budget cycle or if it was, yeah. uh, you know, a way of, you know, maybe creating more demand or more need and, and ginning up support. Do you, remember, do you remember when that happened at Kalkaska? Uh Let's go back 20 years. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, they fired all of the teachers. I, I, see. I don't know what they, they fired the teachers, the administrators or something. They shut the whole issue Turned down. to the board, turned to the state of Michigan and said, well, we don't have money to function with. They say, the state uh-huh, okay. So they cut off all the funds to Kalkaska, and then they brought in uh, surrogates. Oh, and man. they quickly resolved that problem. 
<laughs> I don't remember That's, all of that, that. That often happens that way. We have to take a short break for top of the hour ID, but when we come back, we're going to look at uh, some of what's going on in Lansing with our uh, weekly roundtable known as Armchair Politics, featuring our roundtable regulars, Paul Rosicki and Henry Hatter, joined by Jan Worth Nelson. Hi, I'm Alexander Zanjic. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner. Tom Sumner. 